Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
tegen, over mooi aan tegen, over mooi aan tegen, bij jou, bij jou, bij jou, bij ons een gaschem, over mooi aan tegen, bij ons een gaslipchem, bij jou, bij jou, bij jou, bij ons een gaschem, over mooi aan tegen, over mooi aan tegen, bij jou, bij jou, bij jou, bij ons een gaschem, over mooi aan tegen, bij ons een gaschem, oeskatem ba.
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this uh, Erev Shabbos, January the 15th. Happy birthday to all those who are celebrating birthdays on January the 15th. What is this? Oh, there it is. I'm trying to think where that music's coming from. I just realized. Uh, Friday morning, January the 15th. Happy birthday to those who are celebrating birthdays on January the 15th, specifically listener Panina in uh, Petach Tikva, Israel. Uh, it's the second day in the month of Shvat, the year 5781. Hope your Rosh Chodesh was nice. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Va'era with candlelighting time at 433 on this Erev Shabbos. 433, candlelighting in New York. Uh, make sure you know when things start where you are. Monday's a legal holiday. We will be here, and I hope you'll be here. Tuned in to us uh, Monday and every day um, here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. 40 degrees with cloudy skies. A few showers this afternoon and a high temperature of 47. Cloudy with periods of rain tonight, low 45. And mostly, oh, actually morning showers tomorrow with a high for a Shabbos of 50 degrees. 51 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 40 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. It's a Friday. You know what that means. Malcolm Holmline, weekly update coming up starting at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time right here at JM and the AM. Uh, the music we've been doing, Derech Achim had Lachado Di. You heard Yaakov Shweki's Avinu. Chatzotros, that's Lipa. Miami had Vitaher, Mayididus from Shwebel Sharf and Levine, Bishvili from Baruch Shalom Blasovsky, and Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM and the AM, a um, reminder that we are looking for uh, all the videos you have, all the video clips you have of wonderful events, positive moments that have uh, occurred in 2020. Think about 2020, and I know it's not easy to think about 2020 <laughs> because a lot of people want to forget 2020, but think about 2020, and there were some nice things, some great moments, graduations, birthdays, bar and bat mitzvahs, weddings, uh, get-togethers safely, of course, um, camp and school celebrations uniquely, whatever it may, may have been. Send those clips in, uh, those video clips, and you can uh, – possibly be included in Kosher Halftime Show 2021, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. Uh, send them to Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Send those into a Mayor K. And uh, again, hopefully you will be included, your clip will be included in Kosher Halftime Show 2021, which is coming up on the 7th of February, brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm. So we are uh, we are very very serious about including your fun and celebratory videos in our kosher halftime show coming up in February. Malcolm Holmline an hour from now. Rabbi Yudin, of course, in the eight o'clock hour. Harry Rothenberg coming up about a half hour from now with Parshas Vaera. Uh, lots to do on a Friday, and I thank all of you for tuning in and being part of this amazing experience on a Friday erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Shining through the trees Another week's gone by 
become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you. In the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered and stared He dreamed of a world of Kiddusha Where Shabbos is kept To sing the song of Shabbos The whole world is waiting To sing the song of Shabbos The flowers and the trees Sing the song of Shabbos The valley and the mountains 
sing the song of Shabbos. And I am also waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. I am also waiting to sing the song of the Shabbos. And I am also waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. I am also waiting to sing the song of Shabbos. Let's stop all the hatred and sing the song of Shabbos. Let's love one another and sing the song of the Shabbos. Come dance on the With his long and curly hair Stood there for a while Broke out with a smile Emotion, overwhelming joy With tears The men were dancing there Their hearts so full of love They sang such happy tunes To thank the one above For showing them the way Giving them a day to rest, rejoice with peace of mind to pray. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We will show them all it's true. Let them come and join. Sunsets over the clouds As the world stands so still Not a sound But listen carefully You can hear the whispering Announcing the arrival Of the Shabbos Queen The candles reflecting the joy on the faces of every girl and boy Mother prays there silently Children sing As the Shekhinah descends To fill the world with peace Suddenly 
There we go. JM in the AM. Proke done by uh, Shlomo Katz. You heard the wise studs of Menucha Vesimcha. Baruch Levine with that Shabbos medley, which dangerously begins, <laughs> as uh, listener Devorah pointed out, with our closing theme of it's time to say good Shabbos. And uh, that can be dangerous. <laughs> As she says, you scared me by playing the Journey song early. I thought I lost track of time, and it was 4 o'clock. The voters in Israel. Happy birthday to Yael Katzman. The Katzman family wants to wish Yael, wonderful wife and mother, a happy birthday, a year of health, happiness, and lots of nachas. And enjoy your off Shabbos, Yael, as the kids are taking over and making the food. Galit Salah, Zulami Radio, Radio, next. Shalom Rav, Gan Gai Novotni, Im Masha קופות החולים יתחילו לחסן בתחילת השבוע הבא בני 45 ומעלה ללא מחלות רקע. כך ידכן לפני זמן קצר משרד הבריאות. כתבנו לענייני בריאות יובל סגב שהביא את הפרטים לראשונה בגלי צהל, מזכיר כי לקראת סוף השבוע הבא תשקל האפשרות לפתוח את ההרשמה להתחסנות גם לבני 40. מנהלי בתי החולים הציבוריים הודיעו היום שיבטלו תורים לניתוחים כבר ביום ראשון וברביעי יעברו למתכונת חירום בהיו טיפולים מצילי חיים בלבד. הסיבה להכרחי שלמרות שכבר הודיעו על עיצומים בשבוע הבא, הם עדיין לא קיבלו הצעה ממשרד האוצר לשיקום מצבם הכלכלי. מדובר בבתי החולים הדסה ושערי צדק בירושלים, מעייני הישועה בבני ברק, עניאד ובנתניה ושלושת בתי החולים בנצרת. בחודשים האחרונים מתקשים מנהלי בתי החולים הציבוריים לשלם מזכורות לעובדיהם עקב ירידה בהכנסות במהלך משבר הקורונה. שגריר ישראל באום גלעד ארדן דרש במכתב תלונה רשמי ממועצת הביטחון בארגון להגביר את הלחץ המופעל על איראן. זאת בעקבות ההשארת האורניום והצטברותן של פעולות חמורות בהן נוקט המשטר האיראני לאחרונה. ארדן הזהיר בפנייתו, ישראל תנקוט בכל האמצעים על מנת להגן על אזרחיה. ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. מאות בני אדם מפגינים בשעה זו ליד צומת הכניסה לאום אל פחם במחאה על האלימות והפשיעה בחברה הערבית. המפגינים החלו בתפילת יום השישי במרכז העיר ומשם צעדו לכיוון הכביש הראשי כשחלקם מניפים את דגלי אשף. כביש 65 ממחלף מגידו לצומת מאה מי שהיה חסום בעקבות המחאה נפתח לתנועה. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני החברה הערבית דורון קדוש. במסחר למטבע החוץ, הדולר מתחזק ברקע שינוי המדיניות של בנק ישראל, שהודיע אמש כי ירכוש 30 מיליארד דולר במהלך 2021. שערו היציג של הדולר נקבע היום על 3 שקלים 23 אגורות ועשירית האגורה. בבנק מסבירים שההחלטה נועדה למתן את ההשפעה השלילית של התחזקות השקל על הכלכלה, בעיקר על הייצוא הישראלי, בזמן משבר הקורונה. הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה מעדכנת שהאינפלציה בשנת 2020 היא שלילית, דפלציה של 7 עשיריות האחוז, כתוצאה מהשפעת משבר הקורונה על מדד המחירים לצרכן. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה, ניתאי ענבי מוסיף שמדד מחירי הדירות עלה באחוז אחד בחודשים אוקטובר-נובמבר, וישלים עלייה של 3 אחוזים ושתי עשיריות בחישוב שנתי. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית, בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה עדיין צפויים גשמים מקומיים, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה, מחר במהלך היום צפוי לרדת גשם מקומי בצפון הארץ, הרוחות תתחזקנה בעיקר לאורך מישור החוף. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת ועירה, בירושלים ב-4.18 דקות, בתל אביב ב-4.39, בחיפה ב-4.27, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-4.41. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים ובחיפה ב-5.36, בתל אביב ב-5.32, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת ב-5.39. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
בחסות קבוצת אבי ולני גרופ, המשווקות את מיזם המטורים. ושם נשיר שיר חדש, ושם נשיר שיר חדש, ייבנה, ובננננלה, ובננננלה, ייבנה, הרח המנהנקדש, יספרח מיסעלה, הרח המנהנקדש, יספרח Thank <laughs> you. 
Benny Friedman's Ashira Lashem, Yibane, done by Shalshelis here on a JM the AM Friday morning broadcast. Erev Shabbos Parshas by Eirek, candlelighting at 433 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Legal holiday Monday. Um, we're here at JM in the AM. So even though it's a legal holiday in the United States, you can catch us between 6 and 9 a.m. right here on Monday morning, and I certainly hope you'll join us. Uh, Harry Rothenberg has words about um, Aparsha's Va'era 
Here he is on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. There are only two times in the entire Torah that we're told that Moses, Moshe, spoke Lifnei Hashem, before God rather than to God. Both of those instances are in this week's Torah portion. They're actually one instance. The Torah had taken a detour for a brief but important rendition of the genealogy of the Jews, and then it returns to the same scene. One commentator explains that the reason for this unusual phrase is that in this instance, Moshe is not speaking to God. He's speaking to himself, expressing some self-doubt. How is Pharaoh going to listen to me? I'm tongue-tied. I don't speak well. But God, who hears not just our speech and our prayers, but also our thoughts, decides to respond, to reassure Moshe, to build up his confidence. And with that explanation, we can better understand the unusual interaction between Moshe and God in last week's total portion at the burning bush. The commentators explain that that conversation took place over a week, seven days of back and forth. God could have said in the first 10 minutes, listen, pal, you're going down to Egypt to free my people. I'm in charge here. You have to listen. But instead, he wanted to make sure that Moshe had confidence not just in God, but also in himself. And that's why he listened patiently to each one of Moshe's questions, each one of his concerns, and answered them in order to make sure that Moshe believed in himself before heading out to become the next leader of the Jewish people. And that's such a powerful lesson for every parent and teacher and employer and coach. Of course, we need to make sure that our children, our students, our employees, our athletes take responsibility. They need to eventually, sooner rather than later, get to the deep end and learn how to swim but we have to constantly encourage them and reassure them and make sure that they know that they can do it rather than just throwing them in and telling them to figure out how to swim on their own. And for those of us who need a boost of self-confidence, what better place to look than to the big guy upstairs? It is perfectly appropriate and healthy and helpful and cathartic when praying to God to admit to our concerns, our worries, our fears, our vulnerabilities, and to ask him for help, and then to concentrate and listen to that still, unmistakable voice, reassuring us that we got this, we can do it, because God only gives tests that we can pass, and he's always right there next to us, walking along the side of the pool as we swim across that deep end, watching every stroke, making sure that we can get across.
ואתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, על כל הבא, אתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, על כל הבא. Schabes is a tuk fene ruin far genigen, Schabes an alie kemen blech kriegen, Me es du me trink, du me singt da nigen, Lich woe doi. Mir danken dir in Leuben dir, heilige Beure, Wus di hast gegeben, di heilige Teure, Den ossane lohnu teure asemes, Wir danken dir in Leuben, dir heilige Beure, Wus di hast gegeben, di heilige Teure, Den ossane lohnu teure asemes, Teure asemes. Jedisch hab es keudisch kommt und geht abwärts. 
Mein Hilf kommen, dein Hilf wird kommen von sein Lieben heiligen Der Schaub ist kritisch, geht da weg, die Woche soll kommen zu gesund. So nehmen ab weg, wir sollten keinen Gott leben. Bald gehen wir auf in unser Land, das Land von allen Gitten. Und wenn wir alle werden bei Nahm, dem Schab ist heilig hitten. Der Schab ist kritisch, geht da weg, die Woche soll kommen zu gesund und leben. Alle Zure sollen nehmen an Leck, mir sollen keinen Gott leben. Bald gehen wir auf unser Land, das Land von allem Gitten. Wenn wir alle wenn bei Nahm dem Schab ist heilig hitten, der Schab ist kritisch, geht da weg, die Woche soll kommen zu gesund und leben, und alle Zurist soll nehmen an Neck, wir sollen keinen Gott leben.
boz boy, kula nuach boy biahavo, kibitz vas, it's all a boy nefo. J.M. in the A.M. with Ritzay off of an album originally entitled, and I think it's still entitled, The Benching Tape. I say it like that because the song was re-recorded on Aish, uh, either Aish Volume 1 or Aish Volume 2 uh, years later. But that's been The Benching Tape, as was called Ritzay here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Yankee Lemmer before that was Shabbos Kodesh. You heard uh, Sandy Shmueli's Va'ata and Aaron Razel with Yom Shabbosone. Uh, opening up that set here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this area of Shabbos Parshas Va'era, candlelighting at 4.33. Tremendous weekend programming. Matis has JM Sunday coming up at 7 a.m. Eastern Time live this coming Sunday, and I thank him. Um, um, Saturday night, Sigal with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Great programming all day long. It's uh, Naomi Nachman with the Table for Two program 
and that's uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time, right after JM and the AM. Foodie superstar Jamie Geller, Rafi Bondi from the Olive Trading Company, and Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and more, all Naomi's guests coming up between 9 and 10, uh, right after JM and the AM. Erev Shabbos show, Mark Zomik, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. That's at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos music mix, sponsored by our friends at Kedem all day long. And the final hour is sponsored by our friends at Kedem. That'll be at about... 335 today the final hour before the uh, start of Shabbos pretty cool huh yeah I would say so pretty cool this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H Abel's and Hyman kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide try A&H today and Enjoy. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have their big book week, and this is the final day of their big book week. If you want to save 15% across the board, go to ShopEichlers.com slash books. ShopEichlers.com slash books. Remember, they have same-day delivery to a large number of neighborhoods in the immediate New York and New Jersey area. It's pretty amazing how they do that same-day delivery. Uh, And, of course, you could save 15% off of everything. All across the board when it comes to books at shopeichlers.com. Their big book week sale continues, and you've got to take advantage. This is, after all, the last day. They have fire sales going on. Every day they take one book and they and they um they create an amazing special that they call a fire sale. You've got to be aware of this. So when you log on, you can uh, order it. It's A. Greenfield's book, Turf Wars. A. Greenfield's book, Turf Wars, from Anucha Publishers, is being offered at $14.99. That's regularly a $25 book. And uh, you can get it right now if you go to shopiclose.com. So take advantage across the board, shopiclose.com slash books, and take advantage of their incredible 15% off during book week. And Turf Wars is the uh, big special today available for $14.99. Go to shopiclose.com. And enjoy. More coming up. It's Friday morning here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is going to join us here on a JM in the AM Friday as we will discuss the uh, events of the week. And there is a lot to discuss, to say the least. That's all coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Isaac Bitone, Lachadodi. Nigun Lachadodi, done by Yedidja Mayer. Friday morning, Arab of Shabbos with candlelighting at 433 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Thank you to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com. They uh, have thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world that are ready for you to print out before Shabbos for your reading pleasure and information and education. Go to JewishWorldReview.com and uh, check it out. You'll be glad you did. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Boker Tov to you and good Shabbos to everyone. Chodesh Tov. (laughs) Yes, maybe that would be the best way to review the events of the week. Just wish everyone a good Shabbos (laughs) and that's And that is that. So your your impressions of the second impeachment of uh, President Donald Trump? Well, it's an historic event. It's the first time it's ever occurred. Um, you know, I hope that we can get past this and get onto the some of the issues. But um, we'll see. It's not over, and uh, there there seems to be very strong sentiment for this. Um, yeah. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> okay. There's strong sentiment, all right. Politics is funny. A lot of these things um, live by the slogan, what comes, what goes around comes around. Uh, many precedents for that in history. It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, we lost a great philanthropist this week. What could you tell us, uh, as you remember, uh, Sheldon Adelson? Well, he was a great philanthropist. He was somebody who uh, put his uh, money and his heart where, where his mind was, and he... And his wife and his family, they donated immense amounts of money, much of it unknown. I think that they gave over $200 million a year to medical research, not just to Jewish causes, but $70 million a year to birthright. And, you know, that he bought and started Israel Hayom in Israel and obviously donated limitless amounts of money to the causes in which... He believed, and he was certainly a great Jewish patriot in terms of his um, his commitments. Uh, so he will be, I think, sorely missed by many. It's interesting that his legacy as the United States media um, reports on his passing is so tied to President Trump. Uh, I, I think one could say that his interests were more than just supporting candidates. He wanted to support candidates who he felt would be there for Israel. He wanted to support candidates who he thought would be best for the future of the United States, especially in the business world. And uh, in general, it's it's a shame that with all the things you just said, including the medical research that he supported, etc., that will likely be such an important part of his legacy that he was associated with this president. Uh, a bit unfair, right? Uh, I think unfair. I mean, why? Why is it uh, any more wrong? There's no. He, he didn't manipulate. He donated openly. Right. He was a supporter of um, President Bush and of other Republicans. I mean, there are people who give along the spectrum of of uh, views and and parties, and they're not subject to the same kind of scrutiny and often demonization. And it was very unfortunate because I think his his charity as you said, was very altruistic and um, and very generous. Um, we have a very, very big week coming up, obviously, here in the United States. There's going to be a very important transition 
Um, it, 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 as much as we want to move on, I think many people feel that way, move on and you know, forget some of the things of the past. When you see the uh, uh, NYPD being sued by the Attorney General, when you see the, uh, uh, what's going on in Washington and this, uh, what, what likely will be e- either never-ending or, or someone, maybe the new president, will actually put his foot down and put an end to this. Uh, in terms of um, uh, Donald Trump being on trial, both literally and figuratively. With all this going on, we have so many important things to focus on. Um, when when pre- when President-elect Biden announced the new head of the CIA, there was an interesting reaction across the board in the Jewish community, especially among uh, Israel supporters. What can you tell us about William Burns? I've known him for decades. He's, um, you know, he's a professional. State Department uh, career person. He's not. Uh, he's not new to this. Uh, he's held many positions in uh, and in Middle East, uh, including in Middle East. Uh, he was ambassador to Jordan, I know, and certainly in the State Department. We worked with him over the years um, in those capacities. So, um, uh, and you have to take it when the context of all of the appointments that are, are, are being made. Uh, many of them are people who have long served or have had long associations. Um, Blinken certainly had uh, the appointment of Rob Malley as the Iran envoy. It's raised a lot of concern. There are other positions. Um, Jake Sullivan, we've known and worked with uh, for many years. So it fits into the it's the total team that you have to look at. And the question is, what role will people like John Kerry or Susan Rice or others? Those are the questions people are raising. We don't know, even though their their assignments are domestic in orientation. Uh, and um, Bill Burns, you know, it will will operate and do what uh, the administration tells him. He, he had um, there are people, who've, you know, dug up already so much of what. Um, uh, every every move and association he had with policy in the past, and people yeah. will study that over the coming days. I think some people are suggesting that the the team, the group that you just alluded to, not just Burns but the others, uh, is giving us an indication of where pre- uh, President Biden uh, is going to go regarding Iran. Do you agree with that? That there's now a clear path that looks like a uh, reinstatement of some type of uh, Iran nuclear deal. I think he's been very open and clear about it, um, um, about his, his policy, and that his intention is to get back in the deal. Uh, the, the question is sequence of events and the conditions for it. I think the Iranians, they frankly, should be should be ruling out their own admission into the uh, and readmission into the deal uh, <laughs> because because um, of what they're admitting to. You mean? Pardon me? Because of what they're admitting to, you mean? Because of the public things that they've said that they're doing? Well, they- just let's look at the, at the last few days of what what stuff that they they have done. First of all, mm. they're they're advancing the nuclear program and they're producing this uranium metal, which is a direct component of the of of producing a uh, nuclear weapon. It's um, it builds the core of a nuclear weapon, and they're doing this at the site at Isfahan. And they said it will take like four or five months. It hasn't made it so far, according to Western estimates. But but we know the intent, the very intent that they have uh, they've announced, and it brings them closer to crossing the line between 
um, a nuclear program that they can claim has potential civilian use uh, to one that is clearly uh, of uh, nuclear weapons um, purposes. And the um, and even their ambassador to the International Atomic Energy Agency said that they would produce this and saying it was for their Tehran uh, nuclear reactor, mm-hmm. which doesn't hold much water. But, but, but in addition, you know that they, they did a big missile drill uh, with their new largest warship. They, they've launched a new warship, which is the biggest that they've ever had. And they also had the... Um, the Macron, with a, just a logistic vessel with helicopter pads, uh, pad on it, and the Zera, which is called um, Armor, and it's a missile launching ship. And these were involved in these exercises, but they take them out in order to demonstrate to the West that if you think that we're going to go peacefully into this, uh, into the dark on this, you got something else coming. In addition, we, we've seen them um, putting out uh, other. Uh, weapons. We first of all, you saw that uh, Secretary of State uh, Pompeo said that Iran is the new home of Al Qaeda, and right. that they're operating out of Iran, uh, and that uh, despite their denials that Al Qaeda is there, and they, he said that this poses a direct threat to the United States. He said that, that Iran gave him a new operational headquarters, and so that they are the uh, home base for uh, for the group. And um, we, we know that the uh, operations um, were designated for uh, sanctions even this week, and they operate along the Iraqi, um, uh, Iranian border and the Iraqi-Syrian border. I mean, there were so many things this week alone, uh, and that they sent these deadly drones, the, the suicide drones, to Yemen. So they preposition them in case they want to use them. Also, we know that they preposition missiles in, in Yemen, uh, which Israel is very concerned about because they have um, these UAVs, by the way, have a range of 2,000 kilometers, which means they can hit much of the Middle East and can carry weapons. And uh, they're not called suicide drones because they go out for peaceful uh, purposes. I'm giving you just some of the things that um, – they're doing when the the head of the IRGC's navy said that they are once again going to patrol in the in the Red Sea, and that they are putting mil- military vessels um, to counter quote aggression, which is how they uh, always justify what they're doing. But they're saying they're protecting their oil and commercial fleets when we know that they are planting mines, that they are doing many things. They're testing new and more advanced missiles. So in that context, now to talk about. Uh, any concession to Iran has to be carefully considered, both for the message it sends. Our allies in the region, including Israel and the Gulf states, are very concerned about going back into the deal because the if you the the, the concession should come first and not after you've already um, you know first to go back in the deal and then try to negotiate because you lose your leverage at that point. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, there have been articles that Israel has to revisit the military option. I have a feeling that Israel never n- never did not visit the military option. Even no, that's, that's true. Israel has to prepare. You know, they moved um, uh, uh, both Patreon and Iron Dome missile batteries to Eilat recently because this is a protection because the firing would likely come over the Red Sea uh, area. But they, they did. You're absolutely right. Israel can't put its guard down at any time, but specifically not now. And especially, you know, that Iran is considering legislation which call in the modulus in their parliament that calls for the destruction of Israel by 2040. 
and the and you don't take it lightly because the supreme leader said it a couple of years ago and they have a they brought out this big digital clock with a countdown to 2040 uh, they also say they want to destroy the united states and we have to take them seriously look at the investment they're making at a time when the country has so little um that they, they, they uh were testing uh, new missiles and a us submarine was there the uss georgia and they uh, they warned it to get out and telling them that they you know that they wouldn't be responsible for the consequences if if the submarine didn't leave the gulf but they were monitoring these uh, new exercises so iran is doing everything um, to to put forward that its claims have a real basis that it is developing its its uh, capacity they've moved uh, Iranian forces on the Syrian-Iraq border. They're trying constantly to move closer to the Golan. They've made some progress in this. They align with other militias, and that's why Israel is constantly hitting, you know, that they hit 500 targets last year. Uh, and this uh, last couple, the last week, they hit very big targets uh, of uh, both permanent in Syria and mobile targets of the Iranians who are constantly moving weapons, both for Hezbollah, but for also their own use in Syria against Israel. So Israel has to take it seriously. They know that the threats of dictators can't be dismissed. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. What do you hear about the lockdown in Israel? I know that a lot of people already have gotten the second vaccine. Um, anything unique about this lockdown? Are people adhering to it? Largely, and it's being enforced fairly strictly. It's likely to be extended because you see the numbers still have wow. not started to come down. And people call me constantly. People have symptoms in the family or other things. And unfortunately, right now, you cannot go uh, unless it's uh, even on humanitarian issues, they're being turned down. But that's still a possibility. But overall, um, people are not being permitted to, to go. Uh, Israelis, I think, can go back, but they, they the quarantine is very strict. And they People tell me they call you four or five times a day to make sure that you're in the house and that you're all right. But it's uh, it, it's really essential. Two million people have been vaccinated, I was told last night, uh, and they are rapidly moving to try to, to meet that the deadline of the end of March for everybody over 16 years. Uh, a lot of people do not want to take it, so therefore, you know, then it won't get to 100% fulfillment, but they are still working very hard on it. And uh, if one of those two million people wanted to visit the United States, can they get in here uh, with some type of proof that they've been vaccinated twice, or or we're not at that stage yet? Like, could someone come from Israel to the U.S. or from anywhere to the U.S. so they could prove they were vaccinated? Well, we've also clamped down now, and there are other proposals now for further clamping down. Uh, the people were coming from Israel, but I don't know that. Uh, Right now, first of all, I think most of the flights are not uh, are still not flying. But the um, as far as I know, uh, people have come from Israel uh, who have um, you know have the tests and and the shots. Mm -hmm. But um, it's restrictive. 
Uh, in Israel, there's a new type of demonstration, it seems. Not only are they demonstrating against the prime minister, now they're, they're demonstrating against the attorney general for continuously postponing the trial, which I think now is officially February the 8th, unless it's been postponed again. I don't know if there's been a new date over the last few days. So that seems to be the new target now is the attorney general. They're frustrated that he continues to uh, postpone the date of the trial as we get closer and closer to the election. Well, they did postpone in this past week uh, hearings because of COVID, and you can't bring people into the court, and not to have them face to face is is you know can diminish the rights of the of both parties, I guess, but certainly of the defendant. And um, you know, with an election looming in March, the question is how politicized, how much more politicized. It's just funny. It it, it's just funny that that situation, which is to avoid the problem of not social distancing, has created a situation where people are together protesting and rallying outside of Mandelblit's house without social distancing. Just, and there have been arrests. You know, the the rallies every Saturday night at Netanyahu's uh, home, and some of them have gotten very rowdy and even some violence. Police have been pretty tough in in addressing it. Um, you know the uh, the election is now heating up. You see all the shifting alignments when um, uh, Boogie Alom breaks with Lapid and uh, Smotrich breaks from um, Bennett and uh, everybody. There's a lot of shifting. Uh, Sands Danny Dayan, whom I know you know well, when he was here, the Consul General joined his um, uh, on Cyrus party. Uh, there there is a lot of musical chairs going on. The numbers, as we know are not indicative and predictive of anything because uh, Israelis tell the truth to pollsters and then lie at the polls, so they never can predict what exactly uh, the outcome will be. Right now, we could still remain the largest party. Many people still feel that Netanyahu will win again. Many more, and analysts and others have told me, there'll be a fifth election because nothing will come out of this that will be conclusive enough according to the numbers as they're developing. So... It's, uh, you know, it's very fluid. This is not healthy for democracy to have four elections, alone five elections in a two-year period. Um, and uh, But it seems people are resigned to it. I don't hear the same objections that I heard uh, before the summer. It may be that many people will just not vote. Many people will just, you know, throw their hands up. Uh, they, um, and so, therefore, the people who are very dedicated and committed to one party or another will be the ones who show up and dictate the outcome. So polling, again, becomes less less relevant when you have a, a lower turnout. Well, let's so it's talk, not healthy. It's, uh, Israel needs stability right now. Let's talk about a couple of issues that might uh, seep into this election and certainly will seep into the political scene here, I would bet. Uh, the announcement by the prime minister about 800 new settler homes. Often you tell us this is not a big deal because these are buildings that were planned long time ago. The timing is interesting, though, as President Trump leaves, President Biden comes in. What do you think of this news item? Well, it's certainly being interpreted by people in the media who love to jump on these things as a slap at Biden. It's something else. I don't believe that that is the intent. Um, but, you know, hopefully, though, people will be sensitive. As you remember, on a, a visit, the last visit that Biden made, there was an announcement made while he was there, which was done not by the prime minister, with prime minister knowledge, but a lower level. Pakid, uh, you know, put out this announcement, perhaps intentionally, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was ever determined, uh, at least not publicly. But the... Um, 
you know, we have to look at the, the perception of things. Everything can be turned around. You know, as much as, you know, people laud Israel for reaching 2 million or saying that they, you know, it's the highest rate and maybe the first country, I think after Palau, who will get full uh, inoculation. Yeah. Um, uh, but you see that it's already being turned against it. And there are countries that are saying, you know, the Jews manipulated it, that Israel, it's not fair that Israel gets this when many countries haven't been able to get it or certainly can't fill their quotas uh, 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 what they wanted. So they can turn everything, you know, on its head instead of acknowledging that Israel planned ahead and, and yeah. is implementing. You know, we hear and even here and stuff how many go to waste at, at, at the end of the day because you can't keep it uh, non-refrigerated for long periods. Right. They have to throw it out even. And Israel instead puts out an announcement in the afternoon, late afternoon, when they know that there's going to be extras and people can go and get it. And, and people don't wait long t- hours uh, to, to get it. So what should be complemented and replicated by other countries, you know, already becomes source both of anti-Israel and even anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric. Yeah, no question about that. What about the other election? some type of deadline or um, our benchmark date of January 20th was announced this week by the president of the PA. Could you tell us what the January 20th date means? Nothing, generally. Uh, <laughs> whether they, they, you know, this, this government is already in the 14th year, maybe even 15th year of its four-year term. The... Um, there's a lot of contestation about uh, potential successors, but there's no sign that Abbas is ready to give up power. He, he, it's also a kleptocracy, as you know, where they they steal the money and they can't afford to give it up. Um, we do see certain uh, ma- manifestations where um, they're looking for ways, for instance, on pay to slay, where they advance payments for December and January, so uh, and now are looking for ways to bypass the law because you know they don't want to uh, cut the funding as the international community, not just the United States and of course Israel and the Taylor Force Act here and the laws in Israel uh, prevent the transfer of money to the to the families for, of terrorists and murderers and it, it incentivizes uh, the killers. In, in fact, the the banks in the, in Shimon were given orders now not to transfer the payments, so the they've stopped putting the money through the banks. Uh, and uh, as I said, there they were talk about putting them on as government employees, all sorts of subterfuges to be able to continue this really outrageous uh, policy, which has been condemned across the board, uh, and uh, and that's also pre-election um, uh, policies. We see Dahlan uh, playing a bigger role, and the the um, question is going to be, who will the candidates be, and will they really go to an election or just simply continue as they have each time? And the January 20th, if I, if I have this correct, is a self-imposed deadline by Abbas to announce new elections. Right. And, you know, that can be six months from now, whatever. And the question is, is his health that we don't know? Or will he uh, look for some successor uh, so that he can dictate? You know, Dahlan is a mortal enemy, so he he, um, certainly doesn't want to seem to be a successor. Tell me about the U.S. uh, designating uh, the Houthis. Um, uh, on a blacklist, and and because I know so little about um, uh, Ye- Ye- Yemenite, would that be the right word? Yemenite politics. Explain why it could lead to disaster in Yemen. 
Well, I don't think it's a disaster to designate them because they are uh, today uh, virtually a wholly owned subsidiary of Iran also. You know, they, they receive all this assistance from Iran. Uh, this is they, the actual government of Yemen. Yeah, and they rule, and they certainly rule certain areas of Yemen, not the whole thing. As you know, the country is still engaged in a civil war. That's that on one side you have uh, Saudi Arabia, the UAE has sort of pulled, has essentially pulled out, but Saudi Arabia is still backing the the uh, former government, or a government. Nobody knows what's former and current anymore in uh, in Yemen. It's the poorest country in the world. It's a disaster situation. Uh, actually, some. Uh, Jews got out this week, uh, family reunification in uh, in the UAE, which was uh, very important. Uh, but the situation there is so disastrous. Many, many people are being killed. They're using it as a launching ground for missile attacks on Saudi Arabia, but it can also become, a miss, as I said, against Israel, against shipping in the Red Sea. We've seen them moving against the Straits of Hormuz. We've seen them uh, in, engaging in aggressive actions. And the Houthis... Uh, become, you know, they started off as this ragtag group that used to operate on the northern border against uh, Saudi Arabia for a long time, and everybody ignored it. And when they started marching, people in Yemen contacted me, and I contacted the government. I said, listen, you guys better pay attention. You can stop them easily, just with a few drones. And they kept ignoring it, ignoring it. And finally, they were, uh, you know, this was six months out and three months out and three days out of of, uh, of Sana, the capital, and they took the capital. They couldn't even take all the government buildings. They didn't have the troops for it. But the government, the army sort of fled, and, and we even evacuated a base there, and they got the weapons, and they took stuff uh, from us, which they then again used in the, in the fighting. Uh, so the U.S. obviously is opposed to the Houthis. We have designated them because they, they deserve. They're engaged in all sorts of terrorism support activities. And uh, there are negotiations that have been ongoing. Saudi Arabia certainly wants to get out of this mess now. And the question is, will there be a way to do it? Will this become part of the negotiations uh, with Iran? A lot of questions on this. The family gets out. We, we spoke to Rabbi Abadi on the air about it uh, this week. He leads the uh, Jewish community in uh, in Dubai. Uh, and then in addition to that, the uh, PA criticizes the UAE for um, accepting products or importing products from Judea and Samaria, etc. I mean, the, the UAE is in a unique position uh, because of the strength they have both economically and, and it seems politically as well, diplomatically at this point. Do, do they care at all? When, when they're being criticized? Like, do we have to worry that they're going to cave in to a BDS-type accusation or boycott that's being suggested by other Arab states or other Arab entities? Well, we're always concerned about it, but it's it's the government itself, uh, I think, has taken many steps to follow up on the deal, including education, textbooks, things like that are changing in Saudi Arabia too, Egypt too. Uh, the PA not, and by the way, the study that came out this week about UNRWA is so damning about the textbooks that they and that they acknowledge have anti-Israel and even anti-Semitic uh, racist comments encouraging terrorism and jihad, ignoring the Jewish presence and the legitimacy of, of Israel and, and violating even their own standards. And I, I mention this because, you know, they teach 500,000 children, and they're encouraging them to go with violence, and, um, and and some of the materials copied directly from the PA textbooks, which are being used now uh, in, in these uh, UNRWA schools. And Europe 
is demonized for the Crusades, which means also anti-Christian. I, I don't want to go through all the details, but they're saying that the, you know that Israel is destroying Al-Aqsa Mosque and uh, dumping toxic waste in the West Bank. Uh, so when we talk about textbooks and text, is the United Nations agency that's engaged in it. So some of the Arab countries, as a result, have been moderating their textbooks, certainly media reports um, about uh, about Israel, about Jews. Jews have been welcomed so openly in the UAE. Uh, tens of thousands of Israelis have gone there. So I don't see UAE reversing. I talked to government officials there uh, and others. I think that they are really committed to this course. They're doing a lot to, in the high-tech area to do business, to do seminars, to do exchanges, uh, and because it, it, it really has to be a piece of the people to be sustained. In Saudi Arabia, they're not yet up to that point. Bahrain, on the other hand, has. They just signed a deal with the uh, Special Envoy on Anti-Semitism, adopting the IRA definition, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance de- definition, uh, uh, which is a very significant statement today. Uh, a major group in Morocco is going, going to sign a similar uh, deal. So there really are serious and significant changes that are taking place. This is not something that's going to, you know, it's not a flipping of a switch that overnight everything is going to change. This is gradual. It's education. It's showing benefits. Can it reverse any time in any of these countries? We we do feel that we are, you know, living through a really historic time. I think anybody of faith feels that way, uh, certainly in this audience at this point with the way things are going. Uh, but that's really our concern, what you just described. Um, can, can this momentum continue uh, with all the nations that you just mentioned and others who've expressed interest in peace with Israel and, you know, and, and, um, and understanding the bigger picture? Or, or, and this is a concern, I could, you know, we've gotten enough emails about this uh, that I know that the listeners who are tuned in right now want to hear you address it. Or, or Wednesday afternoon... Is it all over? Is it all over Wednesday afternoon? Is progress in Saudi Arabia and things that we expect from other countries in Africa and in the Middle East, the Arabian Gulf, it, do you think it could just come to a screeching halt with a new administration? All of them are waiting to see also. They're asking the same question, they, these other countries. But I think the administration has said that they, they want to see this process continue, the members of the incoming administration. Uh, whether they'll give it the impetus and the, the dedication that the um, previous administration did is something we will have to see. We don't know how they were prioritizing. I think first emphasis will be on the domestic agenda of the COVID and, and the economic conditions. And the president-elect yesterday spoke about a $2 trillion package for almost $2 trillion uh, for economic revival and benefits to people. So I think that will be the first uh, emphasis. But you have one overriding guiding force, and that's Iran. And Iran is driving them and uniting them. And if they think that the West and the U.S. included will be softer on Iran, that makes Israel loom even larger. Because, as they say, Israel is a permanent aircraft carrier in the region, and that if, God forbid, the, you know, things come to the point where it's necessary to defend against uh, Iranian aggression, that Israel will, will be very critical to them. And, you know, an Israeli submarine was seen in the Persian Gulf. They're, they're sending messages all the time. They're continuing, as I said, these, um, the strikes against uh, some of their nuclear research facilities, the manufacturing places for whether it's precision guidance systems or missile parts and other things in Syria, uh, even along the Iraqi border. So 
you know, there are a lot of factors that come into play, including, by the way, Turkey, which has said it wants to improve its relations with Israel and relations with Europe, but at the same time continues its support for terrorist groups and has Hamas headquarters in, in Ankara. There are so many floating parts, so each piece of the puzzle affects the others, and whether we get a total picture or not, and the new administration, you know, we will see what uh, what policies they're really going to follow. You know, it's uh, it's interesting as this transition takes place because, uh, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm, this is not a comment on on anything that's happened over the last couple of weeks in Washington. Um, I think it's outrageous on all sides, frankly, but uh, but the the history will likely show that, uh, especially for those who like the direction that we've seen in terms of foreign policy over the last couple of years, uh, that President Trump and, and Jared Kushner and whoever else gets credit literally changed history. And, and, and for those of us, again, who want to see this progress, it's frustrating to think that it could end on Wednesday. <laughs> but, but you have to look back and say that they, you know, we, we actually lived through a history-making uh, administration in this area. I know there's a lot of other things that we could discuss regarding what happened in this presidency. Uh, but we, we, I don't think anybody ever saw this coming to the degree that it happened, frankly. so. And you've seen that uh, there were articles listing all the things that, that have happened that you forget over four years. But also I think that there are a lot of people in, in the incoming administration who have long associations with Israel who, um, you know, are not starting from ground zero. So hopefully we will see a facilitated uh, transition when it comes to the Middle East. But I don't think it will be the central priority uh, now with uh, and and there will be much more of a multilateral approach certainly to Iran uh, on the part of this administration. I mean, you have to read what they say, and they're saying clearly certain things uh, about um, you know the positions uh, that that they will take, uh, and you have to look at the people they're appointing and and what positions they're likely to hold. I think a lot will clarify. Um, Jake Sullivan, the new national security advisor, gave some interviews. People should read them and then, you know, draw, don't draw conclusions yet because it's much too early. And reality will dictate. The events on the ground will dictate. Iran continues its aggressive behavior. They have said that they will not tolerate, not accept uh, the violations, the nuclear violations. Maybe they get the Europeans to be a little tougher in order to win favor with the new administration. There could be you know, some steps of, of that kind, but the violations right now are very clear. I want people to understand how the Iranians are manifesting this, not and, and boasting often about it, let alone have a resolution calling for the destruction of Israel and the, and the United States. So there, there's no attempt on their part to hide it, and the, the naval exercises that they're doing, the new warships, the things, every, every sign is a message. And they're going to test the new administration. Yeah, no question about that. By the way, I want to wish you a mazal tov on uh, being the president of the Great Synagogue in Jerusalem. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful honor. It's not, uh, it's not a job everybody should know. This is just uh, something that I've been involved with the shul for the synagogue for a long time. It's a central landmark in Jerusalem. It's critical that it uh, remain vibrant and vital and be there for future generations. It's a really a great place. And for people like Hazanas, they know they can come there. And for people in, in Jerusalem should have a great synagogue of any city has one. And uh, the, this is really, it's a wonderful place. It's unfortunately been closed for 
the duration of uh, COVID because it's of its size and stuff would be very hard. This Vidic minion actually continued. So I hope everybody will come. I'll try to get you an Aliyah if I'm there that Shabbos, but uh, well, you have that, to spend that's the well, extent of my influence. Well, you have to spend. Remember, Malavi. Uh, will you have to spend even more time in Jerusalem now? Uh, I don't have to. No, but no requirement. I want to uh, no, spend more I time. I'm, I have to say, like many others in your audience, uh, it's very frustrating. This is the longest time in five decades that I haven't been in Israel, and three times longer than the last than the longest time. And so much to be done and so much uh, things that are put on hold because of, uh, of COVID. I hope, God willing, before long, and, and especially to see the tourism industry come back, which is critical for Israel, that people get to see their families, their kids who are studying in Israel. Um, again, perhaps by Pesach, mm. we'll see the reopening oh, of I the country. So. That would be amazing. Uh, by the way, I'm just thinking, forget the Aliyah. You know what I could use you for? Uh, oh, when, oh, when, I, when I have a meeting at the Mizrahi office, I could use that front area of the shul as a parking space, if you don't mind. Can you, can you, can you... <laughs> you can have your meetings in the front area if you want. But... <laughs> no space, huh? Not I a doubt ch- it. Not a chance. Finally, Malcolm, just to revisit for one more second, I think it's such an important message. Shelley Adelson teaches us that we all have talent, resources, and capabilities. We could sit and do nothing, or we could dedicate all of them to great, important, history-changing causes. Wouldn't you say that's a good assessment? I think it's a wonderful assessment, and that he didn't let his own illnesses or capacities limit his his contributions and going to Washington and flying to Israel and you can agree or disagree with his politics you can like or not like you know what he supported but you cannot deny that at a time when so many other wealthy Jews are not contributing to Israel and certainly not in any proportion to to their wealth who are not doing what they should that when somebody who does and who clearly cares as deeply cared as deeply as he did and his family, his wife certainly, that uh, that should be acknowledged, and uh, and people can mourn his loss even without agreeing with his politics. Well, excellent, well said. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a wonderful yep. Shabbos. We'll Good speak Shabbos. again next we'll week. Everybody, be well. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Want to give a special shout out to uh, Mrs. Pfeffer. Mrs. Pfeffer is not only tuned in. But she and Mr. Pfeffer and the entire Pfeffer and Katz extended families are celebrating the birth of her twin great-grandsons. Wow. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with a great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pasha's Vo'era. What a rich Pasha. Pasha's Vo'era contains the first seven of the ten makos that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians. The first thing we have to know, as the Torah tells us, there are three different psukim in this week's Pasha that have the phrase Leman Teda, in order that they shall know, meaning that the plagues that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians were at the same time punitive in nature, punishing Mitzrayim, 
for their excessive shibud, servitude, and atrocities committed against B'nai Yisrael, and at the same time, educational for the Jewish people. So you have, Laman Teida, Kani Hashem, that they should know that I am God literally in the midst of the land, not just up above someplace, even if you say he's the creator and now he's on a hammock. No, 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 no. Secondly, that you shall know, there's none like me throughout the land. And finally, that the earth belongs to Hashem. Now, in order to perhaps get to that stage, I think that I'd like to just study with you this morning a little bit of the first two psukim of Parshas Vaera. But in order to appreciate the severity of the first two psukim, we need to remind ourselves where we left off last week. Last week, at the end of Parsha Shmos, Moshe pronounces those, well, if the Torah wouldn't treat it as such, I couldn't say it, but Moshe pronounces those terrible words. Back in chapter 5, verse 22, at the Maftir of Parsha Shmos, what we told, Vayoshev Moshe Hashem Vayomar, that Moshe returns to Hashem and says, Hashem, Lama Hareosa Laom Hazeh. Right? Why have you done Ra? Why have you done bad? Why have you done evil to this people? Lama Zeshalachtani. And we know that Moshe is severely punished for this. The last Pasuk in last week's parsha, Vayom Hashem Moshe. Literally, now you shall see. What does that mean? Now you shall see. the And I read from Rashi. Now you shall see. You'll see whatever happens to Paro and the Egyptians. But you will not see. That which will happen to the seven nations, meaning when you come into Eretz Yisrael, and this is based on the Gemara and Sanhedrin Kufir Aleph. Wow, Moshe is punished for his speaking bad on behalf of basically of to Hashem. Now, in other words, you can ask, what a great leader Moshe is. He is so pained by what's happening to the people that things have only gotten worse. That is not a problem if Moshe would say, ay, 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 my people, your people are hurting. But when you use the words osa, as if something B-A-D can come from Hashem. Because basically, as hard as it is, we know and we're being taught kolma to ovedach manolatav. Whatever Hashem is doing is for good. And the truth of the matter is, by increasing the suffering of B'nai Yisrael, this was at the same time hurrying up and speeding up the time of the ultimate redemption. So what looked to Moshe as being B.A.D. in reality was good. 
We continue, therefore, with the beginning of this week's parasha. By Daber Elokim. Elokim, Rashi tells us, is Lashon Koshe. What does that mean? Hashem speaks harshly to Moshe, right? Meaning that it was unacceptable what you said. And by Yomrei Love, and he says to him, Ani Hashem, I am the same. One of Elokim, what appears to be harsh, Ani Hashem. There's really rachamim, there's really goodness within me. And therefore, what appears to be bad is really good. And now, vo'era, and I appeared, el avram al Yisav Yaakov, I appeared to the avos, bekel shakai. In the name of kel shakai, which we'll talk about in a minute, but shmi Hashem, my name of Hashem, Lo nodati lohem. I did not make known to them. What's going on here? So I'd like to suggest the following. As I mentioned, the Bahag calls the book of Shmos Sefer Sheni. We have a continuation of creation. What does that mean? In the first book, we had creation of the world and creation of the Jewish family. And now we have creation of the Jewish nation. Now watch. Just as at the very beginning of the Torah, Bereshiz Barah Elohim. And what is Elohim there? Teva. What is that? Midas Hadin. Hashem created the world that it should work with exactitude. But Rashi says, Ra'ah, he saw, She'ein olam miskayim that the world could not exist only with Elohim, that people have to be a little bit giving, flexible, tolerant of others. Therefore, at the beginning of chapter 2, beyond bro Hashem Elohim, Hashem puts the two names together, and not only that, Hashem is before Elohim. So we see that the very beginning of creation, we need to know literally a glimpse of who the Creator is and what is being created. And basically what's being created there is Teva. And what does that mean? That Hashem created a natural world, a world which functions on 24 hours, quote, seven days a week, v'chulu, v'chulu. However, to the Avos, Hashem showed Himself as Kael Shakai. Kael, the God, the powerful one, Sha. That die. Now, Shaddai means that he put limits to the world. From the word die, dayenu, must pick enough. As when the waters come in to the shore and the waters stop there, thousands of miles of ocean stops because Hashem said die. But the Ramban, at the very beginning of the parsha, embraces that which the Ebenezer says, what does it mean, Kael Shaddai, from the word Shodeid, which means to subdue, or more specifically, to override the heavenly constellation. What does that mean? It means that we find clearly, as a in the Gemara um, Nido, the Gemara in the Nido tells us, on that, Tes Zion, Amid Beis, that we're told the name of the Malach, 
who is Mamuna al Hoheroyom, who is literally the Malach over pregnancy. And his name is Laila. He takes a teapot, he takes a drop of semen, Umamida, the Fnea Kurish Baruchu, and he brings it before God. The Umr Lefanov, Ribono Shalolam, Tipozu, Matei Oleho. What is going to be, what kind of a person do you see coming out of this pregnancy? Gibor, Ocholash, strong or weak? Chacham is he going to be wise or foolish? Oshirawani, rich or poor? The Ilu Rasha Otsadik, however, whether he's going to be good or bad, Lo Kamar, right? As Rab Chanina taught, Akol Bidei Shemayim, it's all in the hands of heaven, Chutzmi Yira Shemayim. However, the name Kel Shaddai means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the ability to be showdate, literally to override. And therefore, what do we find at the Bris Benas Papsarim? We find there, Vayotzei Oso HaChutza, Avram Avinu, not complains, but basically is crying out, Hashem, I have no children, and I look up to the sky, and I see the astrology says that Avram is not going to have a child. Hashem says, you're right, Avram is not going to have a child. I'm going to change your name to Avraham. This is Kael Shaddai, Shodei, to override. Yes, there is nature in this world, and there is a natural order, but Hashem says, I can overrule it, and I will overrule it, okay? And therefore, the whole concept of that, listen carefully, my friends, that if somebody keeps Torah and mitzvos, as a result of that, they are going to be rewarded. And God says to the Jewish people that if you listen to me and you observe my mitzvos, I'm going to give you rain, and if you don't, there'll be a lack of rain. This is not the natural order. The natural order is it rains, it doesn't rain. We have no idea and no control. But Kel Shaddai tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu overrides the normal natural uh, yielding or the normal natural functioning of nature. And he does so Listen carefully, and this were the miracles that were done in Sefer Bereshis for the individuals. And that is the name Kel Shakai, explains the Ramban. Now comes the name of Shmi Hashem, which I have not demonstrated to them, but basically what is that? This is the name Asher Bo, listen carefully, with this name, all that which is happening, to create new phenomena which did not exist in the world. And so, for example, you have in this week's parasha the Maka of Orov. And what was the Maka of Orov? It was that it was a mixture which is what the word Orov means, of wild animals that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought. But you have to understand what this is. If we just pause 
to try to reflect upon this. This is a gathering of wild animals from literally all over the world. And what's happening is, take a listen to this Pasuk. This is in chapter 8, Pasuk 17. Ki im eincho ami. If you don't send my people, Hashem says, I will send against you and your servants and your people. The swarm of wild beasts. Not only will the wild animals come, but even the ground. Now listen carefully. The polar bear came to Egypt. Rumor has it that a polar bear needs his environment. A cold environment is what he needs. And there are, at the same time, animals that are only at in the very heat of a jungle. And guess what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought not only these animals, but the respective environments to maintain and sustain them. All this came about through Vashem Hashem. Hashem is now going to create for the Jewish people in Egypt wonders which the world never saw. And I can only tell you, the Navi Micha promises us, Ki Mitzrayim, just as in the days when you left Egypt, er you will see in the future, says the Navi Micha in chapter 7, verse 15, I will show you Niflaos. And what is a Pele, says the Meshachachma? A Pele is something we cannot imagine we haven't seen. So for example, do you know what a Pele was when they first came out with the telegraph? The telegraph enabled one not to speak, but to send a message from one part of the world to the other part of the world in seconds. Wow! This was such a revolution. When the telephone came, don't tell me that they're up to Apple number 16, whatever number they're up to. Not important. It's all the same concept. So now I can not only send a message, I could speak, I could see the person, I can send this, I can send that. I can send many different Torah, but it's not not as revolutionary as the telegram was because the concept is improving upon what I have. Pele is something that we can't even imagine. So as we are in rather challenging times at this very moment, when you read Parshas Vo'era, you shouldn't say to yourself and yawn, oh my goodness, this, the ten plagues, seven out of ten this week's Parsha, I know it already, oh no, you don't. You don't realize that the first two psukim speak to each and every one of us and give us such incredible chizuk and remind us that the best is yet to come. And as HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed himself and taught about him to the entire world, then, that's what's coming very soon for all of us. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Ich habe es, und gegen Scheu mich geil. Ich habe es, und gegen Scheu mich geil. 
J.M. in the A.M. There we go. Friday morning, era of Shabbos on this Parshas Vaera Candlelighting at 4.33. Sroll Werdiger with Felichad Odin by his Neman be Yisrael. Uh, Monday's a legal holiday. We'll be here. Sunday, Matis has J.M. Sunday. He'll be here between 7 and 9 a.m. Tomorrow night, Avrami has uh, Saturday Night Siegel. He'll be on between uh, 9 and 10 with Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Uh, today, big day, and I mean big day, coming up right after J.M. in the A.M., uh, we've got table for two. Naomi Nachman is going to welcome uh, Rafi Bondi from the Olive Trading Company, Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and more, and foodie superstar Jamie Geller, all part of table for two between 9 and 10 this morning. The Arab Shabbos Show uh, with host Mark Zamek, sponsored by our friends at Kedem at 10 a.m. Arab Shabbos Music Mix, sponsored by our friends at Kedem all day long. Final Hour, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Coming out about up at about three thirty-five this afternoon, and um, and a special shout out to our friends at Kedem. Really amazing all they do to keep our programming going, and I thank them very, very much. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A and H. Enjoy a ten percent discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code Radio. A and H has been serving the kosher world since nineteen fifty-four, and A and H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Try A&H today, and you'll be glad you did. Or at least I certainly think you'll be glad you did. Uh, more coming up. This is a brand new from our friends at the New York Boys Choir at JM in the AM.
New York Boys Choir. This one's called MS. JM and M Friday morning. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vaera candlelighting at 4.33. Big thank you to our friends at Kedem. Between the Erev Shabbos show and the Erev Shabbos music mix in the final hour, it'll be coming up later on. We've got a um, amazing Friday. I, like, I know Mark Zomik likes to say we're your Erev Shabbos soundtrack, and he is so right. We are your Erev Shabbos soundtrack, but all made possible uh, by our friends at Kedem, and we thank them very, very much for that, to say the least. Um, so make sure to tune in all day long, literally until candle lighting time. You'll be glad you did that. I can tell you, you'll be glad you did because we have a, uh, remarkable and incredible, a uh, lineup every Friday, every day around the clock. Simple as that. No other way to say it. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, time to say good Shabbos with journeys at JM and the AIM. Thank you. 
say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Wraps up another amazing week here at JMNAM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Naomi Nachman, brand new edition of Table for Two is next. Mark Zamek, Erev Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people like Kedem. Coming up at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, all day long, brought to you by the wonderful people like Kedem. Final hour at about 3.35 Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people like Kedem. Make sure to be tuned in. Mazel tov to Avram Shlomo Fuchs on his Ufruf this Shabbos. Mazel tov. And a big thank you to a listener, Daniel's father, down in Atlanta for checking in. Much appreciated. That was really nice. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Until next time, Malcolm Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 